Thank you so much for choosing to listen to the Refuge podcast today. At Refuge, we believe all people matter to God. Now here's an inspiring message from one of our leaders or pastors that will help you grow in your relationship with God. Ephesians chapter 6 verse 1 says to honor your father and mother. Honor, actually we see in Webster's dictionary is to esteem due or pay to worth. It's, it's giving honor and recognition. It means to revere or to respect. See, Mother's Day, I believe, gives us that great opportunity for us to acknowledge a woman's worth. And there's, there's a worth that we need to recognize in our culture, in our society. Even if your mother's deceased, I believe we can still hold the memories of her nurturing love close to our heart. And so Mother's Day for some can be painful if, if you've lost your mom. But yet we can still hold those memories to heart. Now, in your bulletin today, it's entitled, Dear Mom. And so I wrote my mom a letter and a card or a letter, and so I'm going to read that to you. And she's going to get this later today, so you'll have one up on her, okay? So, Dear Mom, you have been my mother for just over 60 years now, and I'm still amazed by your unconditional love and devotion to your children. I especially want to thank you for the love that you've shown me. You are not only affirming, but have always believed the best in me. And yet, you've been bold to express your concerns to me. On this day, I want you to know that every time you wiped my nose, tended to my scrapes and bruises, and I didn't mention other things, like, you know, you might be thinking right now, You were making a big difference in my life, even though those things may seem small. You have prayed me through danger, you've enjoyed sleepless nights, and you've sacrificed and allowed your needs to go unmet so that your children's needs would be. Because of your love and devotion, I rise up and call you blessed today. I love you, Mom. Today's message is Call Her Blessed. If we're giving a title for the message, you can title it, Call Her Blessed. And I want you to turn to Proverbs chapter 31, and we want to read the end of that chapter there, verses 28 through 30. And for those of you that are not familiar with the book of Proverbs, Proverbs 31, the second half of the chapter, is a tribute to womanhood, to moms. It's talking about the virtuous woman, and it's really, I believe, so well articulated um, and expressed to reveal the worth and the value of motherhood as well as womanhood. So we read in verse 28 in Proverbs 31, Her children arise and call her blessed, her husband also, and he praises her. Many women do noble things, but you surpass them all. Charm is deceitful and beauty is fleeting but a woman who fears the Lord is to be praised. Now, verse 28 in the New American Standard Bible reads a little differently. I want to read that as well. Her children rise up and bless her, her husband also, and he praises her. So we want to do that today in regards to her moms. Now, this morning, if you're a dad, I don't want you to feel left out in any way. 
because I believe you're going to be encouraged and blessed. I want to just take some time and, and show some things that I, be, I believe can be insightful to you uh, concerning uh, motherhood and concerning our role even as fathers and as dads and as men in, in our culture. Now, uh, we see, when we think about this, even this expression that we see in Proverbs, call her blessed, call her blessed, where children and husbands rise up and call her blessed. We understand that we are blessed so we can be a blessing. We see in the book of Genesis, chapter 12, verse 2, you don't need to turn there, but I want to mention when, when God appeared to Abraham, he made this statement. He said, I will bless you and make you a blessing. So what we see in the scripture essentially is we are blessed to be a blessing. So the blessing doesn't just stop right here. It starts right here and expands from us to impact those around us. And so if you want, I, I don't mind people praying, God bless me, bless me, as long as they realize that their intent of being blessed is so they can be a blessing, okay? And so that's what it is for moms. We want to bless mom because not only is she a blessing, but she'll continue to be a blessing in our lives. Uh, can you say amen to that? All right. And, and so there are actually three common expressions for blessing in the Old Testament. Uh, first of all, when someone greater blesses the lesser, and we actually see uh, New Testament scripture relating to Abraham and Melchizedek, who was a high priest in Salem. And uh, the scripture says there in verse 7 that without doubt the lesser is blessed by the greater. And so we see that aspect of blessing. The second aspect of blessing we see in the Old Testament is favor that results in prosperity or success. It's just that you're able to excel and do well in, in, in the earth. And uh, so we see that element. And thirdly, we see blessing that is actually spoken or proclaimed a proclamation of goodwill over another life or someone's life. And we see a reference in James chapter 3, verses 9 and 10, because we understand that our lips, our mouth, is a source of blessing and cursing. And we see in James chapter 3, verses 9 and 10, it says, with it, referring to our mouth, we bless our Lord and Father, and with it we curse people who, have been, who are made in the likeness of God. From the same mouth come blessing and cursing, my brothers, these things ought not to be. And so James is actually, the writer of, of the book of James is actually challenging believers to make sure that we're using our mouth to bless and not to curse. And, and see, I realize that um, I've been a little critical lately. Has anybody been a little critical lately? And see, sometimes it shows up in, in your attitude. You're critical about something, and then there's this attitude that it attaches to it. And then you start saying things that are negative, that can be demeaning, that can be put-downs, that can turn into complaining. And it takes you on this road and this journey that you're not happy with yourself, and you're not happy with everyone else. So you've got to stop being negative and stop complaining. Uh, and, and so uh, that's a, a challenge to you because I think we all need to be encouraged in that because what comes out of your mouth 
will determine whether or not you are critical, negative, or affirming and loving and encouraging, okay? And so we need to use our mouth to blast, not curse. So the one who is a blessing is always blessed in return. That's another principle we need to understand. If you determine, I'm going to be a blessing, I want my life to be a blessing, you will, mark it down, be blessed in return. And so I have three points for you referring, call her blessed. Number one, and this is referring to motherhood, to moms, to women, a blessing to children. We call her blessed because she's a blessing to children. See, what is life without the nurture of a mother's heart? And what does a woman care for more than her own children? You know, you think about that. And can you imagine the heartbreak it would bring to a woman if she can't even feed her child, if she can't even care for her child? I think that's one of the greatest heartbreaks. But yet in this world today, those suffering in poverty, there's moms in despair that can't even care for their own children. And we need to be mindful and needful of that and, and reach out in ways that we can to help the needy, to help the poor. My mother, Bernard Catherine Smith, was her maiden name, who married my dad and became a Malik, is an incredible woman of great courage. She was a city girl, was willing to leave the city and go up with this farm boy into nowhere's land, central Wisconsin, and worked the farm with her husband. And what's interesting is uh, uh, my dad, my father, made a promise to her that I'll, I'm not going to make you somebody that has to do all the chores. You're my wife, and you're going to raise my children. So she didn't get involved that much in all the farm work. She did drive tractor, since she was good at that, when we bailed hay and did those sort of things. And, uh, but for the most part, she was in the house raising us. She worked part-time as a teacher's aide at uh, John F. Kennedy School and um, there in Junction City and just involved. She sold Avon. Now, I, I don't know. What I felt was kind of like punishment is my mom would take me on her Avon visits. <laughs> and and she, I would see do all the samples. And I had to sit at the table with her. She didn't let me go in the corner I was sitting there at the table. I had to listen to all the conversations, and, and I'm thinking, oh, Lord, this, I don't like to spend my Saturdays doing this, but, um, but I knew a lot about Avon. You know, I, I could probably sell this stuff myself, actually. Anyway, um, she went on in later years. She was employed here at um, Canaland uh, Preschool, and, and she started, when we opened up our infant department, she started serving infants. And all the parents, they loved her. They fell in love with her. And, and they, they would fight to get their kids in here. In fact, we had such a waiting list. I, I, a couple of years ago, somebody came up to me and said, you know, uh, we had our kids on a waiting list. They never got in there. I said, well, you know, because my mom was back there, you know. And she was taking care of all those babies, you know. Um, but she actually, I, I can remember when the first day we brought Daniel, who was our oldest son, um, and here we're working and just down the hall, but we took Daniel and put him in a nursery with mom. And uh, how difficult that was, there was tears 
that was actually crying. Oh, and she's right, and our son's right down the hall, and in grandma's hands, you know. So what's the big deal? But uh, uh, so it's it's wonderful to employ your mom. You know, uh, I don't know if you've ever had that privilege, but she actually retired here from um, uh, her working career, and um, so what a what a delight. And uh, you know, to this present day. Her words of encouragement can be expected. No, she knows I'm not, but she likes to think I am. And so I, when she goes there and starts saying things, I always try to point out my faults, but she doesn't want to hear that. It's amazing how moms don't like to focus on the faults of their children. They want to pull out the good, and I think that's so important. Now, other uh, than Deb, my wonderful wife, my mom is my biggest cheerleader who has supported us in ministry over the years and, and gets so excited. She she's always compliments me on my messages, on my preaching, even when I, I don't feel I did such a good job. And so she's not only raised seven children, which I, I have four brothers and two sisters, so we got a big family, a big Catholic family. I mean, multiply and replenish the earth. That was our calling, right? And I, I still believe that. I really do. You know, so I have, have more kids, okay? And so and now my mom has 18 grandchildren and eight great-grandchildren, which uh, Roman is the newest addition there. So, so thankful for her. I believe that a mother can touch a whole generation just by loving her children well. Do you believe that? She can touch a whole generation just by loving her own children well. See, there's a legacy that mom carries. A mother leaves something with each of her children. There's an impartation. Each child may see mom somewhat or slightly differently, but mom is usually the one who makes everything run and everything work smoothly. I don't know how we'd run our household without Deb. I, I just don't, you know. Uh, you know, she fills in all the gaps, you know, I'll take care of the outside stuff, and, and she'll take care of the inside stuff, and uh, we got a good working plan together there. But Isaiah 49, 15, I want to share this verse with you before we share point two. Isaiah 49, 15 says, can a woman forget her nursing child, that she should have no compassion on the son of her womb? Now, you think about that. Those of you that are moms, it's inconceivable for you to think about forgetting or neglecting that nursing child. But yet God makes this statement. Look at the second half of the verse. It said, even these may forget, yet I will not forget you. So God is emphasizing his love that even if it were possible for a mom to neglect her nursing child, God won't forget you. And so we can be reassured of that. Point number two is when we call her blessed, a mother, a woman is a blessing to her husband, or we could say the father of her children. She's a blessing to her husband. Proverbs 31, 29 states, and we just read this earlier, many women do noble things, but you surpass them all. Now, now we realize that this statement is from a husband to his wife. See, noble, the word noble is having or showing fine personal qualities or high moral principles or ideals. It's 
demonstrating that in how you live your life. So this husband makes this statement. Solomon speaks this concerning his wife. Proverbs 31.29 in the, the Holman Christian Standard Bible reads this way. Many women are capable, but you surpass them all. See, that's what I think about my wife. That's what I think about my mom. Uh, they, they go beyond the call of duty. And frankly, I don't know how I could live my life without Deb. And I know she doesn't like me to talk about her in service, but this is her day too. Uh, she's the mother of our four children and, and now two grandchildren. And, and she has such a passion. She is one of the greatest gift givers you will ever meet. And, and that gift giving isn't just presence, it's giving of herself, giving of her time, giving of her compliments, always concerned. When we have a gathering, she's always concerned, making sure everyone is taken care of, doesn't want anyone to go without or be neglected or overlooked. She's got that in her. You know, and I, I just one more thing I could say, I can't imagine my life without her. And, and just to be able to serve the purpose of God together, it's just been so wonderful, such a great journey, um, and we're thankful for that. Proverbs 18.22 says, He who finds a wife finds a good thing and obtains favor from the Lord. I found a good thing, okay? And she's not just a thing, okay? But that's what the Bible says, okay? All right, I'm just reading the Bible. Uh, she's my best friend, my life partner. Uh, I could just go on and on, Okay? But I know she doesn't want me to. Now, a word to husbands, okay? Husbands, are you paying attention? Husbands, okay? I know you're paying attention. Yeah, that's something that sometimes I have a hard time with, paying attention. But Pastor Deb figured this out for me and, and so that she knows that I'm paying attention or not because she'll have me repeat what she just said. Can you imagine that? And I don't always get it right. But when I do, I, I'm proud of myself, okay? <laughs> so this is a word to husbands. First Peter 3, 7 says, Husbands, likewise, dwell with them. It's, this is referring to the husband and wife relationship. Dwell with them with understanding, giving honor to the wife as to the weaker vessel, as being heirs together in the grace of life that your prayers may not be hindered. Now, notice the scripture, what it doesn't say. It doesn't say she is the weaker vessel. Proverbs 12, 4 says, An excellent wife is the crown of her husband. When you think of a crown, you think of something royal. You think of something majestic. You think of something that carries beauty and value. And so number three, when we call her blessed, we realize that a woman is a blessing in society. A blessing in society. 1 Corinthians eleven seven, the Bible says, the woman is the glory of the man. In Genesis 2, 7, the scripture says, and the Lord took, the Lord God formed man of the dust from the ground, of dust from the ground. So guys, we're just dirt refined, okay? Uh, Genesis tells us that when he made man, he formed us from the dust of this earth. Uh, he molded man or squeezed him into shape. So, um, but the woman, we see something different in verse 22. Genesis 2.22 says, and the Lord God fashioned. Look at the different word, fashioned, not squeezed or molded, 
or shape, but fashion. You know, we still have that word today in society, in our culture. It's right there in Genesis. And, and the Lord God fashioned into a woman the rib which he had taken from the man. To fashion means to put together with greater effort and intricate design. He took more time making the woman than he did the man. The Hebrew word used in this verse for fashion is also translated as built, that he built the woman. Isn't it interesting that word is still in our culture today? We won't go any further with that. And so the role, and as we bring this service to a close, the role that women play in our lives is of greater significance than what society has often acknowledged. I believe that men and women alike must recognize and appreciate the value, the potential that God has placed upon a woman. Women of faith, I believe, have lived in every generation and have contributed more to society than many realize. Women are not second-class citizens or inferior to men. The Bible says that husbands are to treat their wives as the weaker vessels we read, being considered of them because they may not be physically stronger, but they do have strength. See, it's difficult, I believe, to comprehend the total impact mothers have on children, that they have on husbands, that they have on society. And so we want, as we bring the service to a close, we realize that God is the author of life, that he has caused life to actually come into creation and, and to grow within the womb of a woman. And that life is given birth to boys and girls that grow up and begin to populate this earth. And so God gets all the glory when we look at families, when we look at moms and dads and kids, we look to God and we need him because of what we're facing, the challenges, the troubles, the tests, the difficulties, and they're out there. And maybe you're here today and you're facing a difficult situation and maybe you don't have the answers. Maybe you don't know how to handle what you're going through, but you know, God has an answer for you. And I believe it begins by you making sure that your heart and life is right with God. Now you might say, how do I get right with God? It's a decision. It's a choice. It's a surrender to Him. It's simply saying, God, I give my life to you. I open my heart to you. Because so often we're making our own choices and we're not involving God in those choices. We will do what we want to do because we feel that's best and that's right. But we've excluded God's word. We've excluded his input and the leading of his Holy Spirit that he sent to, to guide us through this journey in life. And so my, my question for you this morning is if you are here and you've never really given your heart to Jesus Christ, you've never really surrendered to him, this is your opportunity to encounter his love, to receive his forgiveness, and to begin a journey with God. See, it's, it's not that you go to church to get brownie points with God. You go to church so you can grow in your faith with God, to be built up 
to be encouraged. But your faith in God is determined by your decision to accept Him or reject Him. And I trust that today no one would reject Him, but that all would accept Him. If you're here with every head bowed, every eye closed, nobody looking around, you might say, Pastor, I know that my life is not right with God. I know that I'm a sinner and I've not lived for Jesus. I've not allowed him to really impact my life. But today, I want to make a decision to allow him to transform me, to allow him to change me. And that requires an invitation for you to invite Jesus in. And so, if you're here today, you say, Pastor, I'm ready to let Jesus in my life. I'm ready to accept him as the Lord of my life. Who is this Jesus? He is God who came to this earth through the person of Jesus Christ. He became a man. He lived his life to give us an example. And then he gave his life for us through his sacrificial death on the cross. And then he rose from the dead to defeat death, hell, and the grave and to destroy sin and its consequence in our life and offers to you and me the gift of eternal life, forgiveness of sins. And so simply by acknowledging Jesus as your Lord and Savior and asking him to come into your life and committing your life to him, you will be saved. If you're here today and say, Pastor, I want to be saved. I want to receive Jesus as the Lord of my life. Lift your hand if you would so I can see it. And we're going to pray with you. We're going to just pray. Thank you. Anyone else? Thank you, Jesus. Let's stand up together. We're going to pray this prayer together. Whether you lifted your hand or not, my encouragement for you would be to pray this prayer and pray it from your heart. You might say, well, I've got junk in my life. I've got these things in my life. Well, God knows all about it. Let him address those things. What's most important right now is for you to surrender to him and to give your life to him. His love is directed towards you, but we need to respond to that love today. Repeat after me as we pray. Heavenly Father, I come before you surrendering my life, surrendering my heart to you. Lord Jesus, I believe you came to this world you died for my sins and you rose from the dead to give me new life I believe in you Jesus and I accept you now as my Lord and my Savior forgive me of my sins and make my life what you want it to be come into my heart Amen now Father I pray for this congregation I pray for those that have received you in this very moment that you would show yourself strong on their behalf that you'd reveal your goodness in the plan and the purpose that you have for their lives Father we pray for every family every mom, every dad, every child that you would strengthen Father their relationships that you would bring wholeness and health and healing where there's hurt, where there's heartache where there's pain where you would cause your love to abound in their lives. In the name of Jesus.
Thank you so much for listening to The Refuge Podcast. To find out more information about who we are and to listen to more inspirational messages, you can visit us online at wearerefuge.net.